Thanks for watching our podcast. Here at Spear Consulting, our services include business strategy and human resources consulting. In HR, we offer executive search, executive coaching, and work psychology consulting. Please visit us at spiritmco.com, where we fulfill our clients' dreams virtuously. Enjoy your show. Welcome back to the Leading Virtuously podcast. Uh, so excited to be ha- to have Kahinde on the show today. Who are you? Let's go. Well, like you rightly said, I'm Kahinde Eniola, um, originally from Nigeria. Um, I am a physician and also a wife. Um, I'm married. I have two kids, a seven-year-old son and a soon-to-be two-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. Seven and two. Wow. You are busy. I am busy. I have two jobs. <laughs> I have my um, job at Moses Cone, and then I get home to my kids. That's my second job. Wow. I love it. You know, you're the first physician that we've had on the show thus far. Oh, great. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so thank you for, for being on. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got to the leadership position that you're in today? Well, as Helia mentioned, um, I complete, I'm, I'm a Nigerian and I completed my medical training in Nigeria in 2006, um, came to the U.S. thereafter, did all my um, board exam, the USMLE exam, they call it. Um, in 2009, I started my residency training at New York Medical College St. Joseph Hospital. That training I completed in 2012 and I became a community physician with Wake Forest Baptist Health thereafter. I believe I spent about a year and few months with Wake Forest Baptist Health before joining Moses Cone Family Practice, um, Family Medicine Residency Program in 2014 as a junior faculty member. Since then, um, with mentoring and completion of various leadership programs, including Cone Health Physician uh, Leadership Academy, And also, most importantly, with the help of God, I became the clinic associate director and subsequently the director. So that's what brought me to where I am today. Wow. That is that is quite a wild ride for sure. Mm -hmm. From another continent to this continent and and then and yeah, the growth that you've had um, both as a clinician and then now as a leader. So as a director. uh, what is the reporting structure? Like how many people report to you and, and tell me more about the role now as a director? So um, as the clinic director, you have residents working closely with you and we have um, eight residents per class, a total of three classes. Okay. And also we have CMAs, RN, as well as the front office staff working with me closely in the clinic. Um, and basically, we supervise the residents. We work closely with the CMAs to, to take good care of our patients. Basically, that's what I do. And I also take care of the clinic day-to-day activities, make sure things are functioning the way they should be functioning. Hmm. So, so I always am wondering, like, you know, I remember back in, in, I think it was high school when they were like dissecting frogs. Like I was like, no, absolutely not, not me. Um, when did you know that you wanted to be a physician? When did you know that that was a reality for your life? 
You know, I actually didn't know that I wanted to be a physician. I wanted to be um, an agriculturist. Mm. Um, like I mentioned, I did my medical training in Nigeria. And back then in Nigeria, I enrolled in an agriculture program, which I enjoyed. And I actually came out as the best 10 student at the end of the course. And the school department decided to offer me a better um, education, so to speak, because I did very well. And they recommended that I go into pharmacy or medicine. I have to choose either pharmacy or medicine. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it took a lot of counseling and support from my parents, from my dad especially, and he encouraged me to select medicine. And since then I've loved it. I would not have enjoyed anything else other than medicine. So I'm glad I, I chose this part. Mm. Excellent, excellent. So uh, so this, you know, this podcast is all about virtuous leadership. Can you tell us a little bit about where virtue and leadership, uh, well, virtue and business or, you know, leadership interacts uh, for you? Well, I believe moral virtue is important in all aspects of our lives, uh, including your job. Like wherever you go, you want to make sure you're doing the right thing, you're diligent at work, you're trustworthy. So for instance, as a leader, if you expect your follower to be trustworthy, you have to be an example. So if you're if you steal from your job, you, you get to work late, um, you manipulate things and you don't do things right, you wouldn't expect your your follower or your team member to do the right thing right so regardless of who's watching you or what you're doing you make you want to make sure you do the right thing at the right time because at the end of the day um i remember this bible passage in hebrews 6 10 i believe it is and i'm just going to paraphrase it says that god will not forget your good work especially when you're doing it um for the saints in other words, even when no one is watching you, when your boss is not watching you, guess what? God is watching you. So you want to make sure that moral virtue is there. You're doing the right thing when it's necessary. You're trustworthy. You're diligent at work. And you are not tatty, so to speak. So just, just make sure you have that clean virtue, regardless of who is watching you. You're not doing it for man. You're doing it for God. Mm. So that that's a, a very impressive and powerful faith, Kande. Um, as have you always had this, you know, moral and virtuous walk, or did you have to go through a different, you know, season in your life? Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I mean, it takes time. Like you, you don't become perfect all of a sudden. Like you have life experiences um, as. As a child growing up, because you want to impress people, you tend to do wrong things. And at the end of the day, maybe someone figure out what you did was wrong and you feel modified, modified because of that. So me realizing that going the wrong way is not always the best thing, I think that kind of helped me understand that you always have to do things right. And also the fact that I'm a Christian and I give my life to Christ and one of the things that is expected of you as a child of God is to be trustworthy, to be righteous. If you don't have that moral virtue and you're not righteous, then you're not pleasing God. At the end of the day, you are thinking more of how can I please my God mm. than how can I please men? So men might say, 
it's okay for you to lie a little bit about your resume. It's okay for you to forge something or um, not be truthful, but God is saying that it's not right. You have to do it right. So as a Christian, you have to please God and not man. Does that make sense kind of? Oh, it, it makes it makes perfect sense for sure. And um, yeah, no, I think that that's beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing in that way. Um, so you grew up in, in Nigeria and you, you came to the United States, I think you said in 2006. Correct. What was, what was life like in Nigeria before, uh, coming here? Because, you know, I think that sometimes we, we think about, you know, other countries and, and have no idea what that may have looked like. And, and to go from, from that to, to the life that you're leaving, uh, today. Well, it depends on what part of Nigeria you came from or you're living in. So, and also your standard of living because we we have like a very low standard of living. We have the medium, the, the middle and then the high standard of living. So I would say I came from the middle standard of living where you have your parents taking care of you, paying for your school fees and making sure you're educated. Um, but you also have the other lower um, um, social economic status where they don't have access to school, no access to health care, um, and it's even difficult for them to have three square meal. Um, so life, I would say, certainly in Nigeria is different compared to, to the U.S. And um, a lot of folks coming from other countries comes to the U.S. to better their life and make sure they're able to pull other people up rather than just being the only person at the top. Got it. What did um, what did your parents do for a living? So my dad was an engineer. Is now dead. He died in two thousand ten. Oh. Uh, my mom. No, that's fine. It's been a while. Uh, my mom used to be a banker. She's now retired. Hmm. And is your mom still in Nigeria, or is she here, or where is she? She's in the U.S. Oh, okay. Excellent. So when did when did uh, she make the move? Well, she's actually been in the U.S. since the nineteen seventies. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so she's my dad. Can, actually, yeah, it's because of my parents that we are here today. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, even though I was born in Nigeria, they were going back and forth the U.S., Nigeria, and um, eventually we all came here with my siblings. Hmm. I get. And so, how many siblings do you have? Two brothers and two sisters. Oh, okay. So pretty big family then. Yeah, huge family. And are they all um, in the baby making mode too? Not quite, because I'm the youngest of the family. So oh, okay. Yeah, a little bit much older <laughs> than I am. Hmm. So, so gotcha, gotcha. Um, so that, uh, so uh, yeah. So how many how many um, grandkids does your mom have? Well, let's see. I would say about 12. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, approximately 12, because I'm going to have to count, but I think on a average 12. Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, my parents have uh, 22. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's a lot. Yeah, I'm the fifth of six kids, so oh. so we're just trying to repopulate the state of Illinois with Gomez's, <laughs> which is not bad. 
yeah, you know, it's just being open to life. And as you said, you exactly. know, letting God do whatever he wants to do as a absolutely, absolutely. Uh, to that. So, so good. Um, Kinde, you know, as a, as a physician, I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, this, this podcast is all about leadership too. Like, what do you, like having had that, that um, corner of the world, what do you now understand about, about being a physician and within medicine that most people as outsiders may not understand? Well, a lot of people out there think medicine is all about the money, but I don't think it's all about the money. I think it's all about caring for others. It's all about um, making sure someone that needs help get that health care needs that they need at that point in time. Uh, I'm not saying you don't get paid for what you do. Yes, you do, but you have to be passionate about the job before you can do it well. If the passion is not there and you're all about the money, then you're just wasting your time. It's all about your heart, having a very big heart and being patient enough to listen to others. You have to be a, a very good communicator. You wanna to listen to your patient. You want to come to their level Cultural humility is very important in healthcare because you have to connect with your patient from where they are coming from. So I I see very I mean different patients from different cultural backgrounds. Some from Africa, some from India, from Mexico. Just name it, um, and they all come to see the provider, thinking this person needs to talk to me at my level. Um, communication, at times I might not understand their language. How do I make sure they understand what I'm talking about? How do I, how can I be more patient and compassionate to this particular individual that I'm taking care of? So again, medicine is not all about the money, but it's about your time, your heart, um, cultural immunity, um, most importantly. Well, why do you, why do you do it? I know you mentioned that the school was like, look, you got two options, pharmacy or medicine. <laughs> and so not many choices there, but now that you're in it, why do, you, why do you stay in it? So I stayed in it because eventually I realized that I am a people person. Hmm. So if I'm in agricultural sector, all I'm doing is farming or taking care of animals or whatever aspect of agriculture I'm involved in. But I think that is going to be boring for me, actually, because I like communicating with people. I like hearing other people's stories, um, what is going on in their life, and how that is impacting their healthcare status in general. And that's the reason why I stayed, because I've had a lot of success in counseling patients out of their depression or their anxiety, which can negatively impact their healthcare in terms of their blood pressure or di diabetic control. So for me, making connection with that person, with that individual, knowing them, knowing where they're coming from and helping them become a better person. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that in that it's, it's easy to talk with you. And, and I've had some physicians that are so smart that they're almost like, completely socially awkward so they they just they can't like they just can't do the the easy connection with people yeah and then you know as you mentioned like you know as you're taking care of the whole person 
you have to be able to figure out the root cause of what's going on. And maybe that, Absolutely. you know, especially um, in primary care, walking into a clinic, that may not be as easy to ascertain as maybe some other areas of medicine too. So you have to be able to get the, the uh, um, your patient to be able to open up and share what's going on. So, right. so yeah, I think that's, that's a good point about recognizing, you know, that, that strength too of, you know, just like recognizing for people that are, you know, watching this podcast and they may not have, they're either thinking about a career change or they're, or they're still trying to figure out what they want to do in their career. It's, mm-hmm. If you do recognize that, like you generally interact really well with people, then finding a, a career that intersects with that and leverages those strengths instead of trying to put yourself in a position, if you're completely introverted and hate talking to people, that finding a role that is going to do that is just going to be terrible for your own career. Development. Right. Yeah. Right. I love that. Um, so, so what is, uh, what is, what are you the most passionate about in your life right now? Well, I believe my family, my husband and my two kids, um, I love them so dearly. I want them to be successful in life. Um, my kids are growing up and I want to instill in them the, the love of God. And I want them to be, um, be in good standing, so to speak, with God, um, because if they have God in in them, I believe they'll be able to they'll be able to connect with with the world without difficulty, right? Um, they'll be able to excel in school and interact with other people in the right way. So, so maybe some people have not even started to go down that journey, or maybe. Maybe you might be able to inspire, give some other ways to think about that other people haven't. What are some of the ways that you're going about doing that with your own children? Well, again, it's all about leadership by example. Like you show them what is right um, because children learn by observing. They watch their parents, what they are doing. Are you a parent that drinks a lot of alcohol? Are you a parent that smoke or are you a parent that watch terrible things on television? That's exactly what your children will do. So if you want to train your children in the way of the Lord in the right way, then you have to do the right thing. You have to show them that on Sunday, we put everything aside and go to church. You want to let them know that at nighttime or bedtime, we close our eyes and pray to God. I mean, you have to show them. You have to show it to them. They learn by observing. Uh, that, thank you. That definitely encourages me because that is definitely the way that uh, I'm raising my kids. But, you know, they, they've they gone through a divorce, so they live half the time in, in a completely different uh, world. And mm-hmm. then they come where it's yeah. just night and day. So so it, it's kind of like a social experiment at times um, in the way that they're being raised. But uh, yeah, uh, but yeah that, that is encouraging because, like, as you said, uh, I think the other cool thing with that too is to just get to see like the outcomes of that too. Absolutely. Like, seeing Absolutely. when you live a really moral life and then the blessings that flow in that too. So, so thank yeah. you. That's so, that's, that's so great. So no, I absolutely loved uh, having you on the podcast today. I appreciate you just sharing your heart about your own journey and uh, also just your moral convictions too. I mean, you definitely, you know, um, 
walk the walk and talk the talk. So I appreciate that because, you. you know, words without actions are just, are just empty. So, um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today and uh, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. <laughs> Just joking. The Leading Virtuously podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day.